This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. And as always, Comictating is generously sponsored by Earth 2 Comics. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another issue of Comictating. Coming to you live to tape from Southern California, from Earth 2 Comics in Northridge. I, of course, am joined by my partner, Sebastian, for another week of comics. We've got a pretty big stack of comics to go through this week. We're going to get through some DC, part of IDW's Revolution, uh, Disney comic from Joe Books, and then we've got two books, uh, one from the new Vertigo line and one from, or I guess the old Vertigo line, and one from Image uh, that kind of deal with the same theme i guess or the kind of in the same the same genre the they're same from the same cloth but they're yeah, done very different yeah um two ends of the same coin quite literally on this one two ends or two sides i say how many well the, the coin is around this is very really have an end very cyclical if yeah they'll be exactly the, the same because the edges of the coins will be the same so two sides of the same coin and i'm a jerk because i always point that no no that's fine. a lot of fun <laughs> that's why going to disneyland with me is fun because I point out all that crap. Uh, so we're going to start with the much-anticipated Teen Titans Rebirth number one. This is the first issue of a regular series. Uh, it is written by Ben Percy. The art is by John Boy Myers, who is someone I know actually. He used to do um, uh, the covers for IDW's G.I. Joe books. Uh, the, the collections that they did had new covers on them. And... Uh, I actually really like his stuff. Well, it's listed as story and visual, so John Boy Myers does get story credit as well. Oh, nice. Ben Percy's also doing the uh, Green Arrow book as well. This book had a lot of buzz when everything when it was announced um, as it kind of brought the classic Teen Titans lineup, but of course some of these people are different. Our Kid Flash, Wally West, is the New 52 Wally West, who is uh, an African-American. Mm-hmm. And the Robin character that they show on the cover is, of course, Damien. Uh, Bruce yes. Wayne's son, who was the current Robin, one of 80, I think, Robins or former Robins that are running around. It's a, it's, it's a high number. Yeah. Uh, and we have Raven and Starfire and Beast Boy as well, who actually leads us into the book. And so the book is set up, I mean, this is, again, very much like a what the Rebirth books were doing. Oh, my God. We just got Sorry, to the, I just opened the, 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 Bat, the Batman animated series. Uh, scale Batwing, which is and it uh, lights up. I saw a picture on Instagram. Uh-huh. I think Jim Lee was holding it up with all the lights on. And well, the, it got the very sad. The um, car, the, the Batmobile does. The Batmobile as well. does as well. That Batmobile is gorgeous, and we still have one here. We actually have mine here. It was the one I ordered, and then I found it. it. Well, no, they did the um, oh, they're the, 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 the reissue with the figures, in and it. that's right. None of the Batmans are available anymore. The Batman style is either, both styles from the new animated series and the classic are not available anymore. Hey, I don't have Justice one. Justice League Unlimited. Time. So I said, okay, I'm going to get the car. The, the car with, with the set, the, which is actually, set. and it comes with cloth capes. Mm-hmm. So they sit in the car a little bit better, which I thought yeah. was a really, really great detail. No. And for a third Batman, they could easily do Batman from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Who had a slightly I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're ever going to get to that. There's so many Batman and Batman animated figures already. DC, and they've done please. they've done they've done a character they've done Supergirl from Superman they, they have Livewire in a big set they did. using the Batgirl and something else from Batman also another female I think uh, they also did a uh, Roxy Rocket 
They did do a Roxy rocket. I wish I'd picked that up. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I and I say that mostly because that would give them a chance to do the Superman the Animated Series version from Justice League Unlimited, who did get the uh blue skirt with the blue top, very classic style Supergirl, like the Mike Turner style. Yeah, where they changed her design there, but also because there's just so many cool characters. Because they did like oh, yeah. three and three quarters figures for Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, they did five POA like. Yeah. 20 years ago or whatever and just I, I still have my clear Martian Manhunter on my wall oh nice that nice. was that was my favorite I love Martian so Manhunter. please get to that uh, I kind of want to yeah, hurry up DC uh, I would love uh, I'd love a lot of those figures I'd I don't like think uh, previous is this week as well and Shining Knight we could probably do an entire uh, Mr. Terrific please reissue a a, uh, a Michael Holt Mr. Terrific ah nobody cares about Mr. Terrific uh, I used to have uh, I used to have I know you love Mr. Figures. Terrific man did he have a terrible new 52 series <laughs> uh, please don't remind me. What was it? Oh, so, so yeah. In, in this month's preview, is they are doing animated series Batman, Robin, and mutant leader action figure. Three That's pack. actually really exciting. Yeah, from the Legend of the Dark Knight episode with the different characters t- telling their stories about Batman, and it's based on Frank Miller's and classic Static Shock is also in this Shock book as well. Icons. So no, there's good. So their icons line is amazing. There's some really good figures in there that they've reissued or uh, also resoliciting Wonder Woman, version. Deathstroke, Cyborg, and Swamp Thing. The the the, uh, the uh, Deathstroke actually looks really good, and I like all the change of hands Wolfman. and stuff. Yeah, the exactly. It's the Marvel. Yeah, the Icons style. series is great because they they pick a point and then do that figure. Um, the the Green Arrow is Mike Grell's run, yes. so yeah. it's the Robin Hood quote unquote right with Green the, Arrow uh, boxing glove arrow and yeah, I think he got... came with the handcuff the handcuff arrows as well. I Did it, think so. Was that an earlier? I think that's an earlier. No, no. Those are in the. That's in the accessory packs that are coming out. Yes. There's accessory it. packs that are coming out. It's the reason I got them. Um, that has the boxing glove arrow and that. And it's got different batarangs and stuff. If right. And the also, Batman. they also did like a Green Lantern, like armor robot. Yeah. You to got go with it. Green Lantern. Hal Jordan comes with a bunch of pieces to make him into like a mech. This has the. The accessory pack has the fist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it also comes with. Um, it's not Gnort. Uh, Chip. The squirrel. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me know because now I'm probably gonna have to go the, get. Oh Al yeah, the accessory pack ship. is awesome. Um, and actually, please really say animated series Static Shock. Old or young, I don't care which one because I, I thought they both looked really, really cool. The old Static Shock with the gray beard looked very, very sharky. Mm. He kind of looked like a. Uh, he kind of looked like the king from Walking Dead, actually. Oh yeah. Yes, uh, or the king looked like him, but it's, yeah. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, we were talking about Teen Titans. Yeah, we're talking about Teen Titans. <laughs> Teen Titans number one, which, really, really good this week. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I think it lives up to it, especially because. Uh, we'll put it this way: Damien's not in it a lot, but when he's in it, it's really good. Um, and I, it felt like a lot of people were excited to have Damien in the book. Yes, um, as a kind of a different sort of, uh, different sort of dynamic between these characters. And he's not um, in the book straight away either. No, no, that's what I say. He's not in it a lot. But when he's in it, it it's 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 good. I, I've been following John Boy Nyer, so I know his work. Um, he hasn't done a lot of interior panel work before. Really impressed with his yeah, work you, here. Uh, you his, honestly couldn't tell that this was yeah. not a guy who was doing full pages on a regular. Yeah, it, it's um, following Emmanuel Lupacino's Starfire series. It's very hard for me to see a new interpretation of Corey uh, and enjoy it. I really love his Corey. Just a gorgeous creature. The way that she kind of shifts and, and changes between being very light and then the point where she's going after the bad guy, and you know her her facial, uh, rec- her facial expression changes. The yeah, the hair, the way he did changes. the the hair on fire. Yeah. worked really 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 well really in the book. nice. So the, the basically the pattern of the book is that we get introductions to these characters and where they're at in their lives. We get Gar, who is is 
not having a great time as he, if you've read detective comics, um, the world believes that Tim Drake is, is passed away. He's been killed. So Gar is trying to kind of, uh, party medicate himself. We get, uh, Coriander on uh, doing a mercy mission on a, um, human on trafficking island, stuff. human trafficking stuff. We get Raven going to a museum to kind of deal with her own things. And we get an interesting, because I didn't read really anything with the new 52 Wally. Um, he's a little bit different in this. Yeah. So having not read him, they have a good introduction here where it doesn't give you his entire backstory, but it definitely kind of sets up the basis of the character of this idea that he is, you know, he's kind of pushing his limits, but also he's someone that's not exactly trusted. Yeah. Um, he's a character that's, uh, basically back on track as it were. Cause he kind of yeah. started out as a, it's kind of a street punk. He's kind of got that impulse bit. feel he does, but with a, a harder bit. edge. You know, impulse was kind of impulses uh Bart. Yeah, Bart Allen's impulses failings, quote unquote, were were more impish, more mischievous. He kind yeah. of he got into trouble because he was just trying to do something that yeah. he wasn't supposed to do. There's a little bit more of an edge to Wally here in terms of of him being um we should say yeah, we trouble, should make a distinction. But... It is the New Fifty Two Wally West. Yeah, yeah, we said that earlier. So it's uh, it's not the Wally who is appearing in Titan. It's the classic Wally. Correct. West. Yeah, that's what I said. They this do the simultaneously exist in the universe. So this, yeah, is this is Kid Flash. Kid Flash specifically. I think we should probably refer to him specifically as yeah, because he's Kid, Kid Flash, Flash to avoid a lot of confusion. What also, is Wally's Flash character name though? That's an interesting question. Is he calling himself Flash while Barry's also calling himself Flash? We're gonna have to find out. I have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to read. I haven't read Titans 2. I'll have to read Titans 2. And you can also get your uh, DC Flash snapback cap, uh, the hat that he's wearing. I, I've seen on store shelves before that Kid oh, Flash yeah, is wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the I, black and red. I like that. I almost feel like this needed a little tiny link at the bottom as to where to get this hat because I've seen it before in stores. I want to say, I think... Oh, there's the, there's oh, the there collection we, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we were actually talking about... Livewire, Harley Quinn, Supergirl, Batgirl, Poison Ivy was the one I was thinking If of. you're reading along with us... <laughs> yeah, you go page by page, you'll find all the ads that we're talking about. You'll find the ads that we're talking about and are distracting um, us. But yeah, this was, to me, again, a, a solid start. Uh, there isn't necessarily... I mean, there's a conflict in it, and the twist at the end I thought was actually pretty cool. Yeah, as you, yeah I thought you so. And see lifted straight going. out of The Incredibles. In fact, I'm pretty sure that it's screen-grabbed... And then done over. If, if, oh, you, if you're following along, go to the oh, yeah, go that, to the second there. to last page of the book. Yes, the design. Yes, the design work. That you and sure uh, the the device uh, is is very much the, the device. device from the Incredibles. And you know what I'm talking about, no, Jason talking. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Teen Titans, good start. Interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I had a lot of fun reading this. Yeah, uh, it was a good introduction book. to those characters, and so, you know, for really. Didn't read anything with Beast Boy, Raven, or Wally West in the New 52 as it existed, but I didn't feel lost as I came right. through They feel this. closer to their yeah. pre-New 52 counterparts. The Starfire, uh, I think, is closer to the, the Red Hood and the Outlaws version. A little bit. Than the Starfire version, but bit. it's still kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and so. the uh, the Beast Boy, he's green again. He's not red anymore, although he did turn green later. Was he red in New 52? He was red in the New 52, but then that. by the very, very end, he yeah, I think, I think the last couple covers of Teen Titans, he was green. But yeah, so now he's back. Uh, we've got Raven in this issue. A little bit different from the Raven we're seeing in the miniseries as well. Yeah, she's so, got different hairstyles. So. Yes, a different, very Ramona Flowers. A little bit, yeah. But I, I enjoyed the vignettes. It's I thought the kids, the, what's the kids it's like? It's the kids. It's the tumblers. Kids love right? the kids. The tumblers. Oh, Lord. Uh, the other new offering from DC this week, Batman Beyond Rebirth. Terry McGinnis returns to his... 
his future, his proper time for a while there in the New 52, he was in, quote-unquote, our time. Uh, very strange goings-on with that. don't think that very, worked out very well, yeah, and as far a, as I could tell. And for the most part, it doesn't really play into this book. It only does because There's like one his or time two, yeah. away, everyone thought he was dead. Yes, there there is a, so there is a single line the yeah. that deals with it. But if you haven't read any of the previous books, it's a line that could easily be interpreted as Batman himself as a character having been gone and Terry McGinnis taking on the mantle. Yeah. So there there are two ways to read the line, and it's between him and uh, and Barbara. And I really, really dug the book, especially if you love the animated series. It's a lot yeah. closer in spirit of the animated series. Yeah, your, your connection to the animated series is much stronger than mine. Batman Beyond was about the point where... I wasn't able to keep up with it on like a day-to-day basis or week-to-week or whatever. So it wasn't – my connection to Batman Beyond is nowhere near as strong as a lot of other people's that that just a little bit younger than me. Yeah. No, um, and that's totally understandable. Kind of that too. same thing. Uh, and we should mention Dan Jurgens is writing it. Uh, Ryan Sook doing the art. I like uh, the art. Ryan Sook is amazing. Ryan Sook has done a lot of really, really, really good books. Um, so I'm excited to see him do this book. Sook has – it's almost hard to describe – um, I'm trying to think of other artists that may be more well-known that he's kind of attached to, but you really can't, you know, it's all really solid. He's got some good movement in here, really good lines. I want to say maybe the, la- the, the last thing that I clearly remember, I think he was doing covers for Countdown. Probably. I, I get the feeling that he was doing covers for Countdown. That's the one to, that sticks out really doing, big in my head. I but. think, it was, was he doing Justice League Dark in New 52? I believe he, he may have also been doing Justice League Dark as well. But yeah. fascinating stuff here. It takes a lot of the elements, a lot of the visual elements from Batman Beyond. Very recognizable elements. We still have the Joker's gang. They talk about the Joker's gang having transitioned. We're still seeing very kooky versions. There's a Joker Bane in the book as well. Yeah. Very much appreciated. We have Terry McGinnis's girlfriend, Dana, is back. And I really, really like where the book puts itself. It's very, very straightforward. It's very, very uncomplicated. And it, they are giving you very familiar characters and not only giving them back to you, but for those who aren't as familiar with the lore of Batman Beyond's uh, animated series, they're doing really, really good recaps. Terry McGinnis talks about the death of his father, how he meets Bruce Wayne, and how he basically takes on the mantle of Batman. Yeah, for, for me as someone who, again, I said not something that I was super... Um, attached to i wasn't lost either i mean it was very easy to figure out when he calls the police chief barbara you figure it out um you know just kind of a quick line uh where terry mcginnis refers to her as commissioner and she says call me barbara like okay i know exactly who that is now um there i mean he kind of goes through his head of the recap of how he he found bruce wayne and stuff like that it doesn't yeah, feel basically out of place, covering obviously. like yeah. the first two episodes. It's got to give Batman. you, yeah. It's got to yeah. give you the origin, and I thought it was a good idea to put the Joker's in there very quickly. Yeah, uh, we yeah. see him moving into a new apartment with his little brother, um, so it's it's kind of putting his life back together. Uh, I think using the Joker's was important because they're so tied into that series. You might as well start out with that. You know, some like Scott Snyder when he was doing Batman is like I'm coming up with new villains. And I'm gonna leave the Joker alone for at least a year, if right. not more, and it's because a good idea everyone, too. you know, uh, everyone knows that he's coming or whatever. But here, I think with with a different sense, you've got to kind of throw him back into the world that people who are going to gravitate to this book expect him to be. I think putting him back in his own time is super important right. too. It's just no reason to have him here while we have 
you know, Batman and, and detective, the detective team going through. We have uh, Grayson and Gotham. It's sort of like it's just it's super crowded. You right. kind of get to that point where you're like, how many heroes are in Gotham? Why right. is there still crime in Gotham? There's like 85 people that are trying to stop them. Well, and, um, and I also remember when, uh, when some of the, I believe when like the second or third Batman Beyond series came out, because you're using such a such a, a name that resonates with a very specific generation of viewers of the Bruce Tim universe, when somebody who's like, hey, I heard there's a Batman Beyond book coming out, and they pick it up, and it's not Terry McGinnis inside, that throws you off. Because essentially then, for that kind of, out, the outsider who's that's looking right. in... It wasn't Terry for a while, was it? It wasn't. It was Tim Drake for a while. That's right. Which is why which is why it's good to have Terry McGinnis back because yeah. now there are gonna be readers who are gonna like, all right, let me try Batman Beyond again and they're gonna get a familiar face. Well you hope they try again. <laughs> they hope they try again. I implore you, especially if yes. you read uh especially because that first Batman Beyond series was Terry McGinnis, and it wasn't until much later where it was sort of thrown off and there was a whole bunch of time travel shenanigans. But if you've not checked out Batman Beyond check this out. I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you like the animated series. There's a lot of really really good stuff. Dan Jurgens brings a lot of his A game and taking the stuff from Batman Beyond and putting it in this yeah, book. Yeah, Jurgens is 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 always a solid writer. I know he you know, he kind of takes a bit of a, a like cuz he's not new and exciting. Sure. I mean, he's, he's been, been around writing, for a long time. Yeah, but he does solid books. He did um but he's he's one of those guys like Marvel. If I remember right, he did Justice League International at the start of the New 52. He did. He and, did. and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really solid comic book. It was not yeah. uh, not unabashed to be a, exactly what it was, which was a comic book. And put together those relationships in that team and just went forward and said, it's not going to be groundbreaking. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's it's a good team of people to, that are put together and somehow Booster Gold got put in charge of them. Good, good. Booster and Gold in charge boom, of many go. Things. And those first 12 issues are really, really good. It's one of the more solid first years of any of those books there. Unfortunately, it couldn't survive because people were like, Justice League International, Dan Jargons, ew. But it was really, really well done. So those are the, the 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 rebirth DC new books that we're going to talk about this week. You know, as we've been a rebirth heavy show, but we're starting to transition as well as we're going to talk about other companies as well. And what I want to talk about because um, I think it's interesting. IDW uh, IDW Publishing is the home for all of Hasbro properties. They're the Hasbro license. They've been doing GI Joe and Transformers for the last five years or so. And um, this summer, they have started something called Revolution, and Revolution is the attempt to bring their Hasbro properties, minus My Little Pony, together in a shared universe without removing the history that they already have. Um, so this started last week or two weeks ago. Uh, they did the main Revolution miniseries that'll kind of show you how all of these entities come together. Earth uh, has had obviously has had Transformers on it for a while. They uh, are are publicly known. GI Joe is publicly known, and those are the two entities we've only seen so far. And now they're bringing in Micronauts, Rom, and Mask. Mask, Mask, Mobile, Mobile Armored Strike Command. And if you're old like with me, a and Sebastian, command with, with a K. K. Yes, command with a K, which makes it the Russian. Yes, um, if you're old like me and Sebastian, you remember these toys when you were kids. They were. Sort of like Transformers, they're regular vehicles, and then they'd flip open and they'd fly and they'd turn into helicopters. That, as much as I have a love for them, that is basically what they're. It's like, well, it's like a Transformer. It's right? like a Transformer. No, it doesn't Mom, turn into it's a, a robot. Go-bot. It pops open and does whatever. Um, 
Mask was one of those that the figures were fairly small. They were three they were three and three quarter, weren't they? Maybe about just that or a little bit yeah. smaller. Or a little bit smaller. They needed to fit in the cars. And the shtick was that they had this mask that they would wear that could do different things. You know, some of them could make hard light projections, some yeah. of them were scanning, some of them were Dude, lasers, who knows? All of that in the book. Yeah. Um this book is heavy on letting new people know what mask is. Yes. And so, if you're a fan of the classic show, you're gonna kinda go. Huh, okay. I know all this. Um, So Mask Revolution is the the book that deals specifically with this team in this new shared universe. Yes. And uh, it starts... In fact, that was the one thing I noted that was the most interesting thing, because Mask on its own is kind of a different concept. Uh, well, same basic structure, but the but there it has its own villains and stuff. Yeah. But this is specifically targeted at we need a defense against the robots that yeah. constantly fight over what, Yeah, Earth. what kind of the big thing in, in this... this revolution this this bringing mashing these things together as idw has stated is the big thing is because as earth has found out there's these giant robots that live on their planet that actually have the power to destroy the planet and they're constantly fighting yeah over the and they're all they fight you know whatever or Soundwave turns into a, a peacemongering hippie or something i don't know it's very very weird turns into um, a boombox uh, no not even, i don't even and, know and assaults your the, ears apparently. that's that, we have to put a stop to that that's why we need masks but uh i was speaking with someone at um at san diego at the hasbro booth and we were talking about the idw verse um paramount pictures which owns the kind of the hasbro side of the the movie rights has talked about trying to make uh, a shared universe film, but they wouldn't be able to use Transformers first because of some sort of licensing. Yada, yada. Right. One of the things I mentioned is that Mask, as it kind of is the concept as it exists, it sure sounds a lot like GI Joe. So yes. it's kind of yeah. you're, you're kind of redundant. Well, when you read Mask Revolution number one, you'll find out that GI Joe is very much a big part of it because uh, the the villain uh, Miles Mayhem. If you have that last name, you have to be a villain um, who is actually uh, he's a general, right? Yes. I think he's listed as a general. Um, He's the one that kind of brings this team together. He's obviously working for some sort of either the government or corporation or or something that kind of starts uh, this group. There are ulterior motives. Yeah, and his... He reminds me of uh, General General Tasker from Venture Brothers. Yep. I can just imagine him just like, Hey, well, I'm a Hulk monster. You want him like this? Shut up. Uh, But the first person he brings in is Dr. Mindbender. From yeah. G.I. Joe's name. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay. And I kind of, like I, I, I told you earlier, it's kind of a chest-thumping moment for me because I said it's going to have to be tied into G.I. Joe. Yeah. It was also really point. weird to see Dr. Mindbender in a book again. Like, wait a second. Dr. Monocle. Rules. I love Dr. Handlebar mustache. He was, one of, he was one of my favorites. I, he was one of those great ones. When you got to that fifth release with Mindbender and the Bats and you had Serpentor and everything, like, I don't know. There was something from Mindbender that clicked with me and he was one of my favorite villains and I'm not sure what it was. It might have been just all the purple and the cape or whatever. Yeah, the monocle. The monocle. The monocle, the monocle, the monocle helps too. To yeah. Like him. Um. So from there, we're kind of introduced to this new team and these recruits, and he's kind of figuring out who's, you know, Miles is revealed is is pretty uh pretty brutal pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Um. It, so you're you're really following these recruits. I think the the most interesting thing is you already know where some of these recruits are going because if you follow the series beforehand you know that one of these recruits is actually one of the guys who's a bad guy. Um, where is he there? Yeah, Bruno Shepard looks exactly like the guy who runs the, 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 the SUV that has the little things pop up and explode. And 
stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to see the vehicles again too. It's like, oh yeah, I had that one. Oh, I never had and that. And I one. like that they they do point out it's like so cars from the eighties are are what yeah they do using. use the, they do use the original designs and they mention it more than once of like oh cars from the eighties cars that should be in the scrap heap. That's this is the most. The, the big technology cars from the 80s yeah. son you don't but know what you're about. especially yes but especially here in the beginning it's not about the tech the masks and the vehicles the transforming vehicles really play a small part in this they do a good job of trying to get you established with these different characters both good and bad and then as we go towards the end we'll see there's another gi joe connection in it um this wasn't that bad. I actually uh, no, it wasn't I bad this. at all. IDW is really strong with uh, their Transformer series in particular, and it'll be interesting to see how they do well with Mask. Uh, yeah, we'll and see where this whole thing comes together. The hard thing for me in terms GI of Joe again, GI Joe's GI Joe and Transformers are series that are have a very entrenched fan base and are going to oh, keep yeah. going, yeah. and they do really well with them. But now to introduce things like masks, well, it's kind of with GI Joe. They've been having to kind of restart the thing through and through. And the the intriguing thing to me is the fact that they're trying to keep their continuity and history together. The, yes. re- the Revolution preview that came out um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there's a miniseries that that gives you kind of the basis how where these different entities will kind of cross paths, and then from there you get your own ROM book and Micronauts and Ra- Mask and a new GI Joe book that comes out in a couple months. Transformers is continuing under this under this as well. And IDW has promised kind of out of these miniseries, the books will go back to being their own. We're not going to see you know we're not going to see Optimus in every single GI Joe. We're not going to see Hawk right. in every single uh, Mask book. Um, there is a history uh, when. Hasbro started redoing their 25th anniversary G.I. Joes with superior articulation and, and, and modern designs and stuff. In the third or fourth release, they released a Matt Tracker figure. Just as kind of a one-off, and everyone's like, it's canon now, he's in G.I. Joe, and everyone's like, no, it's just a toy. Just it's relax. Just a toy. He's never going to show up in the G.I. Joe comic or what have you. But I said at the time, I was like, I could totally see them doing Mask. It's something necessarily, not necessarily I enjoy, but for less of a, a sci-fi super superhero element to my gi joe but that seems to be the direction that they're going in um but for what it is it's good and and, and i really i really liked it i love uh is it john paul leone does the cover right or tommy lee edwards why did i say john paul leone tommy edwards cover is, is is pretty cool it's one of those weird things <laughs> i liked mask a lot i didn't have a lot of it because you know when i had to try to pick and choose where my money was going to go right, was, where my parents were going to go it was all gi joe it was gi joe star wars and dinosaurs um but there were a few like the green motorcycle i had that turns into a helicopter the the, the indie racer that turned into a plane i had that and i had the the suv that has the turret that pops up out yeah of it. the uh, it's like a it looks like a jeep yeah and i had one later that was like one of those euro vans you know almost those egg-like looking vans and it would pop open and it had a a little glider that oh popped yeah out yeah of it so those are the only few. I wanted the Rhino, though. The Rhino was so cool. It's a gigantic semi-truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember it that. it was so big. It was a great one. So that's Mask Revolution 1 from IDW. Every week is seeing new ones. Revolution and I think ROM were released last week. Uh, Micronauts is being released this week. And then the uh, Transformers book is dealing with this as well. So Transformers issues are coming out every week right. that deal with it. I'm it's, also it's intrigued an by Micronauts, thing. mostly because Marvel did a Micronauts series yeah. a long well, that's time why one, ago. One of the things with uh, ROM and Micronauts been, and IDW having them is basically saying that they can't really reprint the what's Marvel's there. Yeah. yeah, Which is, which is a shame because they've done well, it thing, with, with, with Godzilla, I mean, we was lucky to find at San Diego this year, we found the, um, the, the Legends or whatever, Essentials for Godzilla 
uh, in black and white, but that's fine. Herb Trumpy's art looks fantastic yeah. in black and white. Uh, but IDW has, has said they can't reprint it because the whole series, the whole Marvel Godzilla series from late seventies, early eighties, or whatever, uh, Shield's in it. Right. Shield is falling. Shield is basically the anti-Godzilla force. Yes. Yeah. Duggan is chasing him, and Thor shows up at some point, and then I think somebody else shows up at another point. So I was really glad I found that because I don't think they're ever going to reprint that again. When do you think he'll show up in a Marvel movie? Two. Godzilla. Godzilla. Be interesting. <laughs> well, he can't now. He's an IDW. Yeah, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's like, that's the rumor now, kids. Spread the rumor. Godzilla versus Fing Fang Foom. That's, Avengers, the, that's tell, Avengers 4. Tell the internet. Tell the internet and Avengers 4 or 5 or whatever. Godzilla will Avengers fight versus Fang Godzilla versus Fing Fang Foom. And Godzilla, the first thing they'll say is, why is why is Fing wearing underwear? Like, why does he have shorts on? I don't and understand. He wants this. to. And why are they purple? Is he supposed to be the Hulk? What's going on? Um, Doctor Strange opens a portal, and from the Toho yeah. universe arrives Godzilla. It's complicated, yeah. but that's you know that's word on the street. Uh, speaking of licensed comics, this week sees a release of Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean number one. Uh, the Disney published comic book publishing tree is very convoluted. It is because IDW has all of the old reprints. Yes, and they're doing. Uh, uh, Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck and Mickey Shorts and stuff yeah. like that. And then Darkwing Duck, the old stuff is being published by IDW. There's a new series out by a company called Joe Books, which also does Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean. And then Disney Kingdom's line it's is under Marvel. Marvel, which recently had the Haunted Mansion, which I read uh, last night, which was fantastic. It's, yeah, it's fun. Big Thunder Railroad they did early that another, on. That, that was, was fantastic. Um, when I first saw the Pirates of the Caribbean was on our, our invoice, I was like, wait. Are they doing another one, or am I wrong? Okay, though this is the Joe Books one. So this is based on the movie verse. It takes place right after uh, what has it been? Three days since um, uh, the end of the first film. Yeah, they, they mention uh, Orlando Bloom's yeah, character. Will, Will Turner has a, has helped him escape the execution block. So it takes place between the first and second film. The crew's there on the island. And uh, on a, on a, on an island there, they're not rushing that, away. That looks suspiciously like Tom Sawyer Island. From, it does look from little, Disneyland. It does look a little bit like Tom Sawyer. And Island. then we have. Uh, Didn't they rechange Tom Sawyer's Island? They made it like Pirate Island or some crap like that. It's weird. So the sign is like, like Pirate Cove. Yeah. But then when you look on all of the like the official pamphlets about the park and on their website, it's uh, like Pirates Cove at Tom Sawyer Island. So it's still on there. But yeah, they have little references to the different parts. Like, even in the ride at the beginning, there's the skeletons who have, uh, of course, all died by fighting. There's the guy with the bird in his hat. Yeah. Guy who stuck to the wall with a with the cutlass. And, of course, they're all perfectly held together. Oh, yes. Well, Even you know, though there are no uh, tendons anymore. Look, spooky, scary skeletons. Yeah. They have mysterious ways. That's, no one likes riding pirates with me anymore. Because I you, point that out every time. Like, did you know that there's a spooky, like scary this. skeleton inside of you right now? Yes, there is. It's got a terrible disease called bonus eruptus, where the skeleton tries to leap out of the body. <laughs> that's why that is why you hold in your sneezes so the skeleton doesn't uh, escape. That's why your spirit doesn't escape. Oh, is that what that is? That yes, way? that's the spirit trying to escape. Well, that is my bones. No. So did you see? Of... Did you see FXX is going to redo the marathon? I did. Leading up to the 600th episode, I'm oh. I'm intrigued to watch. Oh, that. It's just, it was such a beautiful time. To be able to like turn it on and go, hey, are you watching? Yep, there are it they, is. Are they in four three again? I hope so. I hope they're uncut again. Um, 
anyway, back to pirates. We're just all over the place. We're today. all over the place. Sorry. Uh, we so tangential. pirates as a book is is very much a, a you know anything that's got that Disney name always has that connotation of being a kids book. Yes. Um, pirates, of course, as a movie was a pretty hard PG thirteen. You know, I remember seeing the first one thinking, oh, yeah. it's going to be so stupid. It's very it's it's... so dumb. And I get about a third of the way through it, like, oh no, they're really killing people. Okay, this oh, is yeah. this is not this isn't a kids film at all. This it's very is really Jer- good. It's very yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, it was very very much so. And the book here, uh, despite the fact the cover has nothing to do with what's inside the book, um, the book here is is you know Jack on an island uh, going to retrieve a map from a group that is holding it kind of in trust for him. Uh, this but looks that like group, little Davy Crockett's uh, cabin area, a little bit. Too. Yeah, not everything's connected to Disneyland. Calm down. Uh, but one of the things there's there's two things in here, although they never mention it out loud, in a way, or they never really put right to it. Uh, there is definitely an adult element to it there in is. terms of what uh, the other character that becomes the bad guy through here. And I don't even want to give away too much because I think the story was kind of interesting. Um, it is is it's definitely something. If you're where, an adult, we all know what he's doing. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, we know what this is. But okay. it is. It is. It, I would. I would say it is very much geared towards children. And yeah, and the art style is a little bit more cartoony than I was actually expecting. Uh, yeah, when I first saw to that. that they were doing a, a but of the Caribbean at the same book. time, the language is right at the time. It's got all the pieces. Yes. You know, uh, reading the first page, I think I had to read the first paragraph twice to try and figure out. Wait, okay. There we go. Yeah. And Jack Sparrow it be, it be three sounds days, like Jack Sparrow. Yeah, it'd be three days since Captain Jack Sparrow made slip the execution block with the help of young Will Turner following the battle twixt the cursed crew of the Black Pearl and the soldiers of Point Royal. And it just kind of keeps going from there. And yes, Re- the, read the last this year thing, book as a pirate. Yeah. Arr, hope you're not too comfortable, mateys. Uh, but I thought they did a really good job of capturing... Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow yes, voice. Yes, it's very much in the, the spirit dialogue, of the yeah. character. You try to read something out loud and or, or you know in your head in that voice and it and it works. I think that's that's really good. Um, you know, Schweitzer, one of the problems I kind of unfortunately somebody needs to tell him that Schweitzer. he he's uh, he's got the same name as the waterfall. Yep. Uh, from from the Jungle Cruise. See, well, everything it, is tied to Disney. Yes, and the illustrator is Joe Flood, so we've got some water and water. Yeah, there we go. Uh, as Schweitzer well. Falls and Florida. So, yeah, it was, it was actually one of those things, that it's kind of a surprise. You, know, you kind of look at something, Joe Books is a smaller um, is a smaller imprint, but they're doing all of the new Disney comics. They're doing Frozen, they're doing, yeah, they uh, are doing Frozen. Finding Nemo, um, they're doing you know Nemo comics or Dory comics. Right, some of that um, used to be at Boom, and I do actually recommend, yeah. especially if we're going to be on the subject of Disney comics, check out... Uh, some of the old boom Pixar stuff. It's really, yeah. really good. They had a great Incredibles run done by Mark Wade. I believe. Dark Horse had, the, had Incredibles. And Dark Horse did have a couple uh, miniseries. Like a miniseries that was for Incredibles as well. But yeah, no, there's been a good history of. And obviously, there's there's a great history of Disney comics um, with Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge and in and, and stuff from the 70s and 80s and just long running stuff. And Somebody will be happy to know that uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie and uh, Scrooge McDuck will all be coming back. They're getting another animated series. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's stuff that IDW is reprinting too. There's some yeah, great... it's it, yeah. There's a lot of really great stuff. Disney Comics has a long history, and it feels really good to be at a time where Disney Comics feel very relevant again, and that's always much appreciated, especially because they're just fun. If you love classic Disney characters, or if you're looking for stuff that ties into the movies, they're really, really on their game about it now. Yeah, and uh, the fact that there's they're available in so many different areas too. You know, you've got. Kingdom's ride-based comics coming from Marvel. Yeah. You have stuff based on the movies coming from Joe Books, and you have the reprints that are coming from 
IDW, there was a great series, uh, the, the Kingdom comics that IDW did, which was reprints of stories that are specifically tied to rides yeah. Uh, yeah. At, the, at, the, at Disneyland or Disney World and stuff that was published like in Europe. So that was published yes, in very, small very magazines. Yeah. So no, that was that was fascinating. I picked that up. That was fantastic. So the last books we're going to talk about are actually two books together. We're talking about Frostbite number one, which is from DC's Vertigo imprint, and Surgeon X number one from Image. Uh, Frostbite is brought to us by Joshua Williamson and John, uh, Jason Sean Alexander as the Beautiful. artist. Sarah Kinney, John Watkins are doing Surgeon X, and Surgeon X actually does have a Vertigo tie-in because its editor is Karen Berger. Which who... was, I was like, wait, that Karen Berger? Yeah, that Karen Berger, the one who, who yep. helped Vertigo stay afloat for so long. Yes. So, interesting. She is so, using her talents. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she went, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to see her editing uh, and, and shepherding books that are upper belly wicket at, at Image. So, both books take place in the not-so-distant future. Not necessarily a post-apocalypse, but things are not good. Well, Frostbite is specifically post-apocalypse. Yeah, Frostbite is... Uh, Surgeon is, is X set... is on the verge of the yeah. apocalypse. So Frostbite is set in... Um, what is this? 57 years into the new Ice Age. So it, it sets that there is a new Ice Age. People are very cold. Frostbite is a it's almost a viral disease. It is a viral disease. It's not your classic frostbite like, oh, my finger's black. Oh, my finger's gone. No, this is a um, disease that actually freezes, freezes you. you from the inside out. Surgeon X takes place in London in 2036, so not too far away. And we have what is in, in the, uh, the antibody. Superbug, yeah, the superbug, I, like the superbug apocalypse, uh, basically... People have been like, oh, the crux of it is people have been over prescribed antibiotics and over medicated, and now the superbugs are wiping people out. And there is now a shortage of the drugs that. Viral can... bugs, not like giant spiders yes, and stuff. Yes. Viral bugs, not giant viruses. And the giant uh, wasps. Exactly. And or, uh... there is a shortage of the drugs that can help people, and there is a law that is going into effect in London that deals with. Who gets the virus? Who gets the antibiotics that can take care that of these still superbugs? Exist, yeah. So it's antibiotics it's, are under lock and key. Yes, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting elements to the book. There is. Um, I think the premise is good. This, I think, is part of my bias on those type of books that I feel are a little heavy-handed. I just kind of check out. So getting through it was kind of like okay, I get it. You know. Government's bad, companies are bad, people are bad. The only good people are people that quit, and then they go off and do whatever. And again, it's kind of my bias because it felt heavy-handed to me. Um, it, the message was about as subtle as a sledgehammer. Yeah, I would agree it, with that. Um, and not to say that it isn't executed well. Right. And, but it's hard to even, to me, I think, even like getting, the, getting behind the main characters is a little difficult. And again, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. And it's probably better than I'm kind of giving any um, uh, credence to. But in terms of, again, a, a series that's got kind of the same thematic elements in Frostbite, I really enjoyed. Yes. Because I thought it was presented less heavy handed. Fr finding out that Frostbite is a viral disease happens when you see someone actually die of Frostbite. And then the main character with this this passenger that she's picked up starts telling you about it but because it's so in intricate to the story because that character that you come to find out has something to do with frostbite right um, and 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 the 
incident that causes the, the yeah. ice age and the disease itself. Um, I also love Jason Sean Alexander's art. It is it's a beautiful. gritty art style. It reminds me of uh, Northlanders. North, it, there's a lot of key, the Northlander series. Uh, it's got the kind of feel of it. It's it's a little bit like Tommy Lee Edwards or John yeah. Paul Leone. Yeah. You know, it's it's very gritty. Um, there's a lot of black specks on it. There are some some really good turns in here. I like our main characters. I think they're interesting, um, without necessarily being wonderful people. But, you know, they're doing what they need to do to survive. The, the design work was really good. The idea that heat is a commodity. We buy heat, uh, which in a sense we do as we hate, you know, we have to pay for a heating bill. Um, but this is, you know, like with the card, you can just flop. Yeah, through you and, swipe on like a portable heating stuff now. Units. Yeah. Um, but I really like this book because, again, I thought there's elements that kind of tell you, hey, bad stuff's going to happen if we don't change, which the other you know, the other book makes that strong point. And it's a point I believe in, too. I'm one of those people that are sort of like we're over medicating. You know, we have to kind of expose ourselves to to some of these things that uh, to become resistant to them. We've made, you know, the anti-vaccination movement, which is so crazily, stupidly bad. Um, uh, the the messages there and it's something I, I necessarily you know, I, I agree with. But I think it was just sort of heavy-handed for me or something like frostbite which deals with climate change deals with people kind of screwing around with things that they shouldn't be screwing around with for the quote-unquote greater good um but again presented in a way that it kind of it comes to the reader much more softly right. that you kind of attack it well so. it, it's i think the big distinction for me is that something like frostbite uses a very sci-fi framing device for the apocalypse itself yeah it's not trying to again it's not global warming per se right. I mean there is a there is an element to it but it, it sort of has that you know in in the attempt to save humanity from global warming this horrible event happens and again the there is a big sci-fi element there isn't so much of a like well if you think about it too much it kind of falls apart no it's sci-fi it knows it's being science fiction and you take that for what it is when you look at something like Surgeon X it's doesn't really have a sci-fi element to it because no. the superbug thing is something that there are a lot of people who are genuinely concerned about it but yeah. the moment you try to steep yourself too much into the science trappings then people start to question whether or not you actually know enough about the subject and that's sort of my bias behind the book yeah. like, okay there isn't really a lot of future technology. This is very yeah, this much is a little bit in terms of the medicine, you know, right. the, the scanner type, the scanners and stuff like that. But then it deals with a real world problem that is a little bit more gray than the book presents it. And that's where I sort of switch off yeah. versus something like frostbite where you go like, no, it, you know, the, 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 I think the basis of the plot was stronger too. Yes. Frostbite's a very yeah, exactly. A to again, B, A to B to C to D with all these elements going around where I thought, especially that the pacing in Surgeon X early was not, uh, it was so quick and it was so quick cut. Right. It does take place at two different times. And the too. villains were a little cartoony in Surgeon yeah. X. But what I liked about Frostbite is, is that the moment they go like, look, we're not trying to be, you know, we're trying to do like hard sci-fi and it still has that science fiction where, you know, when they're, I don't know if it's hard sci-fi. I mean, well, it's just, it, it, it's it, got it, some I, elements of it. I would say hard sci-fi in terms of the way children of men is close to hard sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. If you're going that, with that, that, that that's, that's at least the definition yeah. I'm using where again, like something has happened not to in humanity. Space. They're not in space, but something's happened to humanity, you know? And again, you don't, it doesn't require you to go like, okay, well, we're giving a scientific explanation for what happened 
and it's based in reality. Frostbite is very much a book with those sci-fi elements where you can go, okay, yeah. I can take it for what it is. Yeah. And I, I dug that a lot. I like the characters. They're they're not likable people, but that doesn't mean that they're not likable characters. Yeah, they're interesting. They're and interesting. You kind of understand the, and you the understand, moves that they make. Yeah, exactly. You understand why they make the decisions they make. Yeah. You understand sort of the anger and the rage uh, and rage. people fighting for for survival in you know a frozen world. And yeah. I, I dug it. I dug it a lot, especially because we talked about Young Animal last week as a new line of books, which still has a fascinating name. But to see Vertigo come back like this, very strong. I liked a lot. Yeah, um, and out of you know, kind of their their twelve for twelve that they did last year, uh, with twelve twelve new number ones within twelve months, I read all of them and there was nothing that really clicked with me. This is the first one that I actually really enjoyed, and I think it kind of reminds me of classic Vertigo, where it it's does. not it does it's not you know it's not whipping you in the back with with what it is, and the concept isn't so far out either. Some of the stuff that I read last year, I'm like some of those concepts are so far out. They're interesting, and I'm sure people are going to gravitate towards them. I'm not the type of person that really goes for stuff that is just so far off of the middle, off the main, not in the mainstream, but you know what I mean? It's so experimental. I have a hard time. No, that's, that's totally know. understandable too. Cause I'm dumb. Um, look Batman. Oh. Um, but yeah, I really like frostbite a lot. So I think our picture this week, Batman beyond rebirth and frostbite are definitely ones to pick up. Uh, we also, I mean, there's a lot of books that are, that are continuing, uh, in DC. We have wonder woman this week. We do. Um, we got King Baby. Uh, by King Baby was last by, week. Yeah, by Kate by Beaton. Beaton. It was fantastic. And it's a, it's a, it's an adorable hardcover book. Oh my gosh! Yes. I walked by and I was like, King Baby. King Baby. Well, I have to go read this. And according to to uh, my associate Nora, it, it has to be read out loud by me because uh, I did a pretty. <laughs> I had a very dramatic voice as we were reading it. King Baby. King Baby. I am King Baby. Um, Some other stuff. Oh, Commandy has got uh, a beautiful artist edition. Yep, artist. The second volume of uh, Commandy's artist edition. The first one for Jack Kirby sold out very quickly. It became it's one of the few that have just like exploded. And, and those are books that I don't mind second editions of because no, no, if you, you're you're buying the, it for the interior. well. This is this is a volume two, and it is, is a volume this is two. New, yeah, this is new stuff. So I have a few artist editions. They're they're incredible. The Mark Schultz one is just gorgeous. gorgeous. I got the Joe Kubert Tarzan. Joe Kubert one's really really nice. I love Joe Kubert. His stuff is so good. Um, they did Rocketeer. They, have, uh, they did Wally yeah. Wood at one point. I grew. That's the other one I bought. Grew's really good. Yeah. They've just, also I, done. I've only seen it once, and it was at the store, and it went through a sale, and it got to the end of it, and I was like, "Oh, nobody else buys it. I'm gonna nice. buy it." Nice. <laughs> that uh, Sergio Aragonis stuff is so good. Yeah, it grew's one of those things. That it's a great title that unfortunately not a lot of people uh, are picking up. I, wonder, I don't even know if the original Grew's collected anywhere. Where you I would hope so. I would hope so too, but. Uh, I know I found some old issues at a, at a clearance place up north once, and I bought a whole bunch of it because it's just stupidly good. Um, a lot of fun stuff. So uh, I think that just about does it for this week. Uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we'll talk to you next week. Ah!